0: For most of us, if Scotland's Loch Ness is mentioned, we will almost instantly conjure an image in our heads of the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie. It's iconic to the area, and with regular claimed sightings, photographs, and videos, despite those that wish to debunk the legends, it continues to plague the minds of cryptozoologists, monster hunters, and regular folk alike. People often travel vast distances to Scotland, ignoring the rolling plains, beautiful highlands and lowlands castles, and rich culture and history to seek out Nessie, for a chance to catch a glimpse of the beast for themselves. But what if I told you that there are many, many more alleged sea monsters on our home planet? It's possible that one is in your own country or state, with legends such as the Ogopogo and Mussy in Canada, the Lake Tianchi monster in China, Selma in Norway, and the Lake Van monster in eastern Turkey. As a matter of fact, there are over 30 sea serpents and lake monsters spoken of around the world. Today, our focus is drawn to a serpent in the areas of the Pacific coasts of North America. With a range spanning from northern Canada to California, there seem to be no shortage of sightings. Looking like a cross between a moose and a snake and lengths surpassing 100 feet. Ah yes, today we're discussing the famous Cadborosaurus, or caddy for short. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Da-da-da-da. What you think about that write-up? It was good, man.
1: I liked it. I'm intrigued.
0: But yeah, anyway, my name's Jake, and I'm your, well, the, the one walking you through caddy today. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. Boys, how are you doing today? Kind of pissed.
2: Whoa. Easy now. Well, I went through my kids' Halloween candy today, and <sighs> there was not one single Butterfinger in her. Aw, oh, man. Mm. Yeah, you should sue somebody. No, I'm just moving. I'm <laughs> move to a whole other neighborhood. This is not the neighborhood for me.
1: You should be grateful because Butterfingers suck. <laughs> oh man, you suck. Oh, bro, you had to get personal about it, damn. I said it. Me and Whitney don't celebrate
0: Halloween, but I did go out and buy a few bags of Reese's for all for myself. I mean, that's Love just Reese's. my favorite Reese's and uh, Snickers, but. Ooh, sneakers. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry that you were betrayed like that, and that's horrible. I, I, I hope that you can muster the strength to push through this episode. Get go somewhere hey. where they give out full size candy bars.
2: Dude, there was a couple of them. Really? My, uh, yeah. my My oldest got a full size uh, Carmelo bar. Whoa. Man, yeah. And I was like, "Do you know what that is?" I said, like, "That's a Cadbury egg right there in the bar <laughs> shape." <laughs> delicious she was like what's a cadbury egg and i was like i walked away from her
0: (laughs) you're like it's disgusting give it to me (laughs) (laughs) very Uh. nice jeff how was your halloween anything cool exciting
1: Uh, i sat at home and made sure all the lights outside were off because the last thing i want is a bunch of little kids knocking on my door so yeah it was great actually it was quite peaceful um, <laughs> I don't think I did anything of any importance at all. I just kind of sat around, and that was it. It was nice.
0: Like I said, we don't celebrate Halloween. Uh, we decorate for fall, so all the gourds and pumpkins and stuff. Actually, the, the gourds, they're called winter squash, and they are edible. So we're going to eat all of our decorations after uh, Thanksgiving's over because they last for months. But I took her over to a local... I guess it used to be a farm, and now it's more of like a place where they do farmyard-type stuff. They grow a bunch of vegetables, and they have like pick-your-own-vegetable-type things, and they do events all year round, but they had a huge pumpkin festival. So I took her over there, and she went through the corn maze, or we went through the corn maze, which was awful. We got super lost, and we finally made it to the stack of hay bales that was quote-unquote in the center And then on the way out, if we had gone into the maze and took in two lefts, we would have been there. And we were in there for 30, 40 minutes, like just lost. So we went right and just got lost immediately. And so we did that. Um, We were there the weekend prior and we watched some pig races. That was pretty cool. They had massive pumpkins, like the the big old like Alaska or uh, Atlantic giant pumpkins, the ones that grow to like a thousand pounds and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I made a, a really big meal and stuff and just kind of watched a uh, watched a couple movies and chilled out. But it was it was a nice time. It was a nice quiet evening. And the kids were outside screaming and stuff, so it was, it was pretty cool.
2: I can say something I'm really excited about. I'm excited about getting my first shipment of Infinite Rabbit Hole clothes. <gasps> Me too.
0: Oh, yeah. man, I got the
2: notice that it's shipping. Yeah, dude, I'm stoked. For those of you listening that haven't checked it out yet, go on over to InfiniteRabbitHole.com. Click on the merch tab and uh, check out some of our merchandise. We don't. We haven't gotten anything yet. The only person that owns an Infinite Rabbit Hole t-shirt is my wife. Mm. <laughs> that's it. She's she's the uh, the only person that has one, and that's just because we we had to try one out to make sure that the place was good. Her shirt came out great. It washes really nice. How's the material feel? Is it like a burlap sack? No, no. Her shirt's real nice. Okay, it is. It's really nice. I hope that ours comes out good too. And uh, we got a couple sales so far, you know, kind of nervous. I'm, You know, I'm on edge because I don't know the quality yet. Like I said, we haven't gotten them yet. So we don't really know.
1: Yeah, I use the same service and everything that I've ordered for my own show has been like top quality, real good stuff. I've been really I was because I was nervous too. But everything I've gotten has been like, superb. And people have messaged me and like, damn, dude, this is super nice quality. So should be good
0: good that's good you watch it the first time and you pull out a plain black t-shirt <laughs>
2: it's like, from like wish. well all right it's not
1: from wish guys we're not yeah. ordering our shit from wish <laughs> don't, don't don't worry
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the last thing i want to say before jake go ahead and uh gets us going on caddy today i, I just want to say thank you to our most recent fan who left us a review that would be Grayson Grayson, thank you, man. I just wanted to say personally on air here, thanks very much for your review. The only reason why I know it was Grayson is because he actually wrote it, it was from Grayson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of uh, reviews that we have, but unfortunately we don't know who they are. We just have their their usernames or their nicknames mm-hmm. and uh, we you know we don't know who to thank. Um, but to anybody who has left a review before, and to Grayson, who is our most recent reviewee thank you thank you everybody yeah for sure
0: and we'll be talking a bunch of crap about him after the episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) no we won't
0: all righty y'all ready to get into this
1: y'all ready for this (laughs) and sued
0: all right okay (laughs) (laughs) lawsuit thanks jeff (laughs) sorry so what exactly is a cadborosaurus well, the name was made on October 11, 1933 by Archie Willis, an editor for the Victoria Daily Times. The sea serpent had been spotted a few times in the Cadboro Bay, British Columbia, hence the name Cadborosaurus. The physical description of caddy has been compiled amongst over 300 sightings over the years. The sightings vary and could either show a very large animal or a small one, or possibly that there are several in the area with a combination of both young and adults. The attributes are that its length is anywhere between 16 to 100 plus feet, two and a half to eight feet thick, and a neck that is three to 12 feet long. It has been observed to be either black or brown, with a small camel-shaped head. Other descriptions include that they either have small ears or are instead small horns, a possible mane, a long-pointed tongue, and instead of feet, it has a fan-like tail and a set of front flippers. As a matter of fact, Caddy has strikingly similar features to the Ogopogo, which is also in Canada, leading many to believe that it could be the same thing or a close relative. Caddy is a very fast swimmer and has been observed to be going as fast as 40 knots, which is 46 miles per hour or 74 kilometers per hour it has been heard making noises and can sound anything from whale-like to grunts and hisses and they've been seen feeding on fish and ducks so a lot a lot to go off of as far as the descriptions go and we'll get into it later on with the sightings but there's reasons that the the descriptions are very specific but what do you guys think? Just your initial thoughts on, on the Cadborosaurus?
2: Jeff, you want to
1: go first, bud? I think it's probably real already because who the fuck <laughs> knows what's in the ocean? You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm in, bro. I like I like some ocean stuff. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Jeff End of the agreed. Show. It's a wrap. <laughs> One of
2: my least favorite kind of cryptids when it comes to the probability of their reality is water monsters. Mm-hmm. But caddy's different, and I've done a little bit of research into caddy. Caddy has, like you said, there's like three to five hundred different documented sightings of this mm-hmm. creature, and it's well known. People spot these things all the time, and it's it, the 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 range of people who spot them from people who are on land at the beach or uh, pier side to people that are on. Boats and ships. There's a lot of different people that see them and they see them everywhere. Shallow water, deep water. Mm -hmm. Um, And the range is quite big. Did you go over the range yet? I mean, yeah, from
0: literally the northern point of Canada and Alaska, all the way down to as low as Monterey, San Francisco and California. Like it's massive, but it's just the coastline. It's just that coastline all the way up and down
2: which would more lead into it's a real animal. <laughs> so this is this is one of the few sea serpents and you know I, a lot of people will use sea serpent to kind of as a very broad range title to cover anything from the sea that's unknown. You know, I've I've heard people refer to the kraken as a sea serpent obviously it's like a giant octopus clearly. But this thing like you were saying is kind of a mixture between a snake and what looks like it has a camel head. This thing has been spotted so many times. And like you said, it also kind of mixes in with Okapogo. And if anybody has been with us long enough to have listened to our Okapogo episode that we do at Phantom Phil in season two, right, Mm -hmm. Jake? Season two, we kind of talked a little bit about the waterways that that could make it from Lake Okanagan or Okanagan Lake. I forgot how they say it. Yeah. um, All the way out to the Pacific Ocean. And there is a way to do it there is and there's also a lot of underground caves because you got to remember in that area it th- there is mountains and hills and and stuff like that and cave systems so to believe that something either lives inside of these cave systems that could be very uh abundant there on the west coast of the United States and Canada um and just comes out every so often and doesn't really go too far from land it's definitely Viable, and like Jeff was just saying, it's the fucking ocean. I yeah. mean, there's so much room out there. And what what was the 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 famous line? We know more about the surface of the moon than we do the bottom of the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. It literally could be anything. But one thing I love the most about Caddy is the description of this thing. I love uh the some people claim to see something that's I I don't know meters but I'm going to go by feet, right? 40 mm-hmm. feet long to shit, 200 feet long. I've, I've seen some that are extremely long, but they're all serpentine. They're very, very long, skinny, and they have this giant camel head. Think of... Um... A camel. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, what is it? Nessie which is supposed to be a Leopleridon. Uh, yeah. A leop- Uh There are a couple different theories over what Nessie's head looks like. Some people say it's camel-like, like that of uh, uh, Ogopogo or mm-hmm. that of Caddy. Um, and then there's other ones that say that it's more snake-like, like that of a uh, plesiosaur. Right. I-, I like that all the sightings of this thing are very... Similar. And I I know you're going to get into it later. I just want to get it out now. I'm going to start off this episode with saying that I have already been a believer that Caddy exists and that I think that when we're done with this episode, I don't don't know what Jake's bringing to the table, but I can almost ensure that anybody listening to this will be convinced that Caddy exists after this episode.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty compelling. And also... For the head shape, we don't plagiarize on here. I mean, all the stuff that I'm gonna say is stuff that I rewrote from books and links online that I, I researched through. So, yeah, cam- uh, camel-like head, but also the other descriptions are a horse-like head. I didn't want to put it in there like that because I'd be just taking like a full sentence and all that stuff, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few different descriptions: camel-like course, like the fins can either be um, serrated or they could be smooth kind of like a a whale flipper versus a fish fin so there's a couple different variations and stuff in there Um, some that were talking about their teeth but I didn't see a a tremendous amount of resources where people had sightings where they saw the inside the mouth and they were so varied but like one of the ones said that it like had two rows of serrated teeth another one said it had teeth like a fish like i I don't really know exactly what that means but just like just a whole bunch of different descriptions but like you're saying the serpentine shape the serpentine look of it it's uh the way it kind of moves like a snake through the water or they see humps or whatever it is like most of the descriptions are exactly the same that's what i like about
2: this particular one so it would lead
0: more into the idea, instead of this being some mythical beast that people are just making up, to that this is a real animal and maybe the slight variations are because of, you know, like we always say, especially when it comes to like Bigfoot, you know, that the slight variations are because of their locations that they're at, you know. Or it's like something as as unique as like, say, the the snowshoe hare, which is white during the wintertime and brown during the, the summertime literally mm. changes the color of its <laughs> its fur, right? So, and I think there's a couple animals that do that too. So, I mean, as far as like the different descriptions go, who knows, but I could be making that up entirely. Someone should definitely fact check that snowshoe hare statement, but I'm pretty sure that that's something that happens.
1: Yeah, I just know that there's so many like sea serpent stories going back. I'm sure you'll get into some, but the, the fact that there's just so much sure. sea serpent stuff makes me really think that there is, is or at least was something of the sorts, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, and we'll we'll get into that too, for sure. You know, one thing that when people think that they see, like, sea monsters and stuff, most of the time, I'm sure it's a school of fish or it's, you know, a pod of dolphins and stuff like that, and they're just seeing it at, like, a weird angle where they can't really see what's under the water. But these descriptions are very specific that they they saw the dang thing, right? And so I'm excited to get into the sightings Um, If you guys are ready, we'll hop right into there, and I've got quite a few different examples. We can really just like dive into it and pick it apart. Hell yeah, man. All right. Cool deal. As I stated before, there have been over 300 sightings, and from some rather high-profile people that were well-known experts in their field. For example, in 1932, Hubert Evans, one of the most well-respected writers in British Columbia known for his rock-solid integrity and extreme honesty, saw Caddy. He was an avid, avid writer of local wildlife and knew it well, but he had never seen this before. Mr. Evans and another man were approached while working on a road by his neighbor, who urged them to come and look out at the water, claiming he had seen something strange. They followed the neighbor to the telescope and peered through it at the water, which was completely calm, dead calm when they saw a hump starting to appear out of the sea. At first, Evans said, it might be sea lions. They like to run like that. And this is a direct quote from him. But the neighbor said to keep watching. Then what appeared to be a shaft that was six to eight feet long and a foot wide emerged from the water with a horse-like head on it. Then the creature looked right in their direction. Evans said in his statement that, quote, it just put the hair up on the back of your neck. He said that they knew that they were witnessing something very unusual, and unfortunately there was no camera or film nearby to record it. The serpent stayed visible as it swam down the coast. Hubert stated in his recounting of the event that he didn't want to say anything and risk damaging his reputation, and he rarely spoke about it after the initial reporting. A year later, and after several sightings, the name Cadborosaurus or Caddy would be made. December 1933, Bedwell Harbor's Justice of the Peace, G.F. Parkin, and 12 other men saw a creature with a long neck and a horse-like head eat a duck that had just been shot down. In 1934, Inspector Robert Owens and Staff Sergeant Jack Russell, both police officers, saw, quote, a huge sea serpent with a horse-like head. 1950, a Canadian naval officer was, out, was fishing out of Esquimalt Harbor. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He observed it for 25 seconds, watching the 30-foot creature swim with an undulating motion and observed that it had flippers on either side. It swam past him, then dove into the water. And then something more recent for you guys. In 2009, Kelly Nash, a fisherman, captured video in Alaska that appears to show several of them swimming by, and the video is on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. If you just type in Kelly Nash, Ogopogo, or Kelly Nash... Alaska video, it'll pull right up to it. I watched it. It was awesome. Um, And though it is mostly spotted in Canada and the northern states of the United States, it has been spotted as far south, as I was saying, in uh, the San Francisco Bay and Monterey of California. And usually the sightings are during the dawn and the dusk. So beginning of the day, end of the day. But seeing all up and down the coastline, those were a few examples. And all of these examples are... You know that they actually saw the thing. They saw what it looked like. They saw how it was swimming. It was visible for a really long time. And I mean, I didn't have to like go searching for these sightings. Like, oh, I got to get some really good ones because these things are like every single sighting. I, there might be a couple where they're just like, yeah, saw something under the water, like a huge wake, right? But it's like most of the time it's people that are just like, yep, I saw this and I saw that and I saw this and I saw that. Let's talk about this. What do you guys think as far as like just those sightings that I brought to the table?
1: Well, I'm looking at this video from Kelly Nash and I don't know, man. I mean, hard to say on that video, to be honest. So I'm
2: also looking at this video, trying to get you a timestamp here. I thought that it was pretty rad. I don't disagree. There is somewhere towards like the, the two thirds mark mm-hmm. where you can see it blow air like a like a blowhole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm watching is 28 seconds long and about 24, mm-hmm. 25 seconds. Is, is when it when the stabilized version? Uh I have no idea. It should say underneath <laughs> in the description or something. 2009 Cabrasaurus video filmed by Kelly Nash enhanced and stabilized. Yeah. Mm, okay i've never seen this video before this is this is pretty neat i'm curious as to what jeff doesn't like about it so i want to hear what jeff says first
1: like okay so like i live in florida right and i spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. you know around the water doing fishing and things like that and i see this type of motion a lot like like dolphins will have the same kind of wake i mean a lot of times dolphins will breach and go under and breach and go under but when dolphins are feeding a lot sometimes you can see kind of what you're looking at here so and i'm not saying that this is a dolphin because i don't see like the dorsal fin or anything like that but it doesn't necessarily tell me for sure that that's what this lady saw you know what i mean like this this lady could have just been like Mm -hmm. jeremy and been like super into cryptids and saw something swimming that she couldn't identify and was just like i saw one of the you know and it's like i don't know man could be a whale or some kind of could be anything really but it is long which is interesting like you can see it pan out and you can see that it looks like a long like it could be a serpent you know i I could be it could be
0: i don't think that's a single a singular animal i think that it's
2: several true smaller ones that's exactly where i wanted to get to, right? I'm looking at this video and I'm trying to look at it from somebody who doesn't believe that this is a creature. What kind of things are they going to point out? They're going to point out that, okay, this looks like multiple creatures. That's the first thing that popped in my head, right? Mm -hmm. Instantly, I go to try to look for evidence that either proves that or denies that and what I'm going with. Is that I don't think that this is multiple creatures. Because if you look at all the humps or what would be uh, seen as multiple creature heads or whatnot, they all stay the same distance away from each other. It's almost as if this is like a piece of curved wood being pulled and mm-hmm. each piece of the curve on the wood that's staying above the water line mm-hmm. is staying You know, when it's getting dragged, it's staying in the exact same spot. So that's where the first evidence comes from is where I'm saying that this isn't this is not a pod. It doesn't look like a pod to me and I'm not an expert or anything, but I'm just going off of what I what I see here. So you're saying like a
0: snake when it's like moving forward, it's like all of its body is falling behind it. And even though it does this wavy type pattern, like all the coils or all the waves stay like the same distance apart as it's traveling forward and stuff. So it's just doing that, but in a horizontal motion.
2: Something like that. Yeah, that, that okay. was literally the next thing I was going to get into is we don't know how this thing travels. We know mm-hmm. or the theory is that it has fins and various different shapes. Right. Right. But, you know, what, what's the difference between a, a shark and a whale? Or that's, that's horrible. What's, t- what's, the difference, <laughs> what's the difference between a fish and a whale, right? It depends on which way their body moves when they when they swim. And I know that's very, very vague. And that's probably incorrect. But if you look at fish, their bodies swim f- from left to right. And uh-huh. if you look at whales and dolphins and such, they and swim getting, from right. up and down. Um. So one, we don't know how this thing swims. And if this was a true serpent, which would mean that it would be Closely related to a, a snake, uh, it would move left to right. But if it's closer related to a whale, it would move up and down. But what if it's not related to anything? What if humps on its back or the the curvatures that you see hanging above the water are very very firm and not so bendy and and flexible? You know, like sort of something like a uh, seahorse. You know, if you ever picked up a seahorse, Jeff, I'm sure you yeah. have. You live in Florida. I have not. They're very stiff. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't like they You can't bend them backwards or anything like that. And <laughs> they, they're they... trying
0: to snap seahorses yeah. in half.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's like the same thing. You know, and I'm saying like you know crustaceans or whatnot. I'm not saying it's the crustacean. So you're but saying we don't...
0: that maybe it has like a fin on its back that has like humps in it or it's wavy or something like that. And as it goes through the water, it's not that it's it's undulating or it's like like a snake traveling forward that it's just moving forward and you think that i I don't know those
2: humps are are just part of it and they just you know exist on it it looks like it's more stationary it's not they're not moving the the thing that is moving is its head that is moving yeah and it it blows air out like it, it looks like something biological up by the head That is 100% sure. The rest of it is very stationary.
1: There's no real uh, point of reference for size. Like there's nothing around or in the background that you can determine like how big this is. And there are a lot of like water snakes and things like that. So it could just be, you know, Mm -hmm. a a five foot or a 10 foot water snake of some kind. And there's no way to really determine because, you know, it's not passing any trees in the background or anything. There's no way to really determine how big this is. True. Could be a Titan boa. (laughs) yeah i mean dude anacondas anacondas have been known to swim really far away from their region
2: this if this was off the the shore of uh british (laughs) columbia it's way too cold for for a warm-blooded animal or a cold-blooded animal sorry
0: yeah that's true i
2: guess i mean okay so you do have (laughs) waves in the background you know how big are those waves i don't know in the very early parts of the video, you have a boat that's way off in the distance. I don't think that you're looking at something that's a very small. I also don't think that you're looking at something that's very big diameter wise, lengthwise. Obviously this thing looks, looks very big, but if Mm -hmm. you just go, like there are ripples in the water around it. If you go off of, you know, what's the size of a normal ripple in water that's stationary, Jeff, I mean, you live near water, man, you know, and you compare the the size of normal ripples in water. I don't know, man. I I think you're looking at something big, and I think you're looking at something biological. Maybe it's something that that is snagged in a in like a large net, and it's dragging the net be, behind it. Mm-hmm. That could be very well too. The front, the head of this is biological. It's moving. It's acting biological. The back end is very stiff. And strange, I'm not saying that I think that the whole thing is biological, but there is definitely a creature in there, and I don't think it's more than one. Very interesting. I can see it being caddy, and I can see it being a uh, a dolphin or a small whale trapped in like a net being dragged.
0: That is interesting. That's a good perspective. I like that. Let's see how y'all feel about this. Each sighting, I mean, just the sightings that I read off. They sound really believable, each sighting that you read about this online I mean they sound just as believable as as the next, and with a list of mechanical engineers, music professors, students, and the like, it's really hard to debunk each and every single one of them because there's a lot of like I said in the beginning high profile people with really important careers that have said, "Yeah, I've seen this thing, you know and I think it's the. Uh, I think for myself, it's along the same lines as like the Bigfoot sightings thing. I mean, we we talk about it, we talk about, it, we talk about it, you know, um, ad nauseum. But uh, people knowing that there's other people out there that have experienced the same thing feel a lot less threatened about coming out and saying I saw a Sasquatch. And so I, I think that it, it might have something to do with that. But what's particularly interesting about caddy is that not only have there been so many sightings in the last, like, 200 years of its existence or uh, that we've known about it, but the Western Alaskan Inuit not only had stories about the serpent, um, but they painted it on the sides of their canoes, and they had legends and lore about it. And what they called it was, uh, I'm going to read this off, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's the, the Tizheruk, um, T-I-Z-H-E-R-U-K, and they said that it was a snake-like creature that had a seven-foot-long head with tail, with a tail and flippers. And it would snatch people up off of the piers without people noticing its presence there. Like it was so quiet, it would just snatch people up. And the, the belief is, is that what they were actually referring to was a leopard seal. Because they're known to be bigger than usual other seals. They're really aggressive. But these are the Inuit of Alaska. And uh, the question is, is that don't you think that if they fished and hunted and lived in that area their entire lives, that they would know what a leopard seal looked like, even if they didn't call it that, but they'd know what that looked like if they saw one? Because I certainly do.
1: Mm -hmm. That's my question. Is what they call a leopard seal a tizaruk? I don't know. Like is that the name That's a good of, in Inuit? Is that the name of leopard seal? You know what I mean? Like, mm. I doubt it,
2: uh, because if they had, you said that they had a uh, a legend of a serpent, right? Yeah, serpent this, is very. This was a serpent. A uh, serpents, you know, air quotes, are very common in mythology. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you go, you can go to Europe, Asia, North America, South America. Serpents or are very very popular no matter where you go. So, if a Native American tribe, especially you know the Inuits up there in Alaska, are referring to something as a serpent, right, and they're painting it on the side of its boat on their boats, right, or the canoes, and they're making it look like a large snake-like creature, and they're calling it what was it called again? The tisheruk. The tisheruk. Tisheruk. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You would think that that's not what they're calling uh, one of these seals. <clears throat> but that brings up another thing, too, is that a lot of the sightings that I've seen before when it comes to caddy are coming from people in the profession of fishing.
3: Mm, you know, like yeah. uh,
2: crab fishermen, uh, fishermen, fish, fishing fishermen. <laughs> fishermen, fishermen. Yeah. Back in the day, whalers. Yep. you would think that it's the same thing. It's the same thing as the Inuits. You would think that the people that go out there and do this day in and day out are, are familiar with some of the things. And when you see something that you're unfamiliar with, but it matches the mythology that you've been told,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that lends to belief that people are actually seeing some things, in my mind at least. I, I, I like, I really, really like Caddy. I really do. I put Caddy up there in the believability uh tier with bigfoot and it's one of the absolute few cryptids that i actually do believe 100 percent. well we know where jeremy stands
0: that's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: everybody bear with us while we take this quick break
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I always put more weight into the Native Americans. Of course, they, like many um, early people, had various legend explanations for why things were the way that they were. But, you know, I'll say it again, because yeah, I said it probably in the last episode, that these expert wilderness people that lived in these areas probably knew exactly what was around them if they knew that this was an animal that existed, or like it was a very common animal, I don't think that there would be legends about it. You know, I I, mean, I could be wrong, because storytelling for a long time was just a, a way of passing oral history and knowledge and stuff. But I mean, I, th- I feel like there's a difference between a story about, you know, an animal that's known or it's very, very common, and a legend about a, a rare occurrence that happens. Um, and I don't know. So, so when I when I see when I saw that, I was just like, "Oh, geez," you know, (laughs) because that you know was hundreds of years ago, and it matches the description of what people today are saying they see, you know. And it's just like that can't be a coincidence. In the same way the Native Americans having all their different various names of Sasquatch, and then people are still citing them and saying the exact same things. That can't be a coincidence. There has to be some type of truth to that. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I I saw that, and uh, because there was a bunch of references. A lot of people were saying, yeah, the Native American, or the the Alaskan Inuits, rather, they had uh, legends of a serpentine-type creature and all that sort of stuff. So I went to go digging for that. And actually found myself on a Alaskan Inuit website and started listing out all the different things that they had. And that led me into the actual legend itself. And I mean, that's pretty much, you know, that that's what the description that I gave is, is pretty much what is there. There's not much, unless it just wasn't available on the website. Um, but it's good enough for me to just be like, okay, so maybe there's something to this. You know, it's not just a bunch of thrill seekers or people that are just trying to, you know, get their 15 minutes of fame, get their name in the paper. But, you know, maybe there's something more to this. So I thought that was pretty, pretty neat.
2: So unlike the Fresno Nightcrawler. (laughs) There was actual (laughs) evidence of
0: native of native lore around this. Yeah. Good. (laughs) not just not just the telling that there was there was actual native lore <laughs> and it wasn't difficult to find it it was a couple websites and you know here it is so anyway let's talk about possible creatures right because i'm a big proponent in believing that for the most part a lot of sightings are probably mistaken identity or they're just straight up hoaxes or they're lies you know whatever it is i'm on a facebook group um, that's a whole seeking Bigfoot Facebook group. I mean, there's a billion of them, so like I couldn't tell you what the name is and separate from the rest of them. But more often than not, there's people that will some people have compelling pictures and some people most people take a picture of a tree and they make some phony outline on their phone in the highlighter feature and they're like, There it is. And it's just like, dude, this is why no one takes any of this seriously. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so whether it's that where they just think every shadow is uh you know a cryptid or it's literally just mistaken identity because you know as we saw mr evans in this the very first description i gave or the the sighting i gave he was quoted as saying like he believed that they were sea lions because he said they run like that which means they swim like that they swim in like a pack like that right Mm. all undulating and moving under the water and stuff until he saw the head and everything so a lot of things could be mistaken identity. So there have been plenty of supposed creatures and washed up bodies of caddy. Um, If you look up Cadborosaurus, I recommend you do that online versus caddy because you're going to come up with a bunch of different pictures of golf caddies. Um, But if you look up Cadborosaurus, one of the very first pictures you'll find on Google is a black and white image of what appears to be one laying on a dock. And that's... Mm -hmm probably the most popular picture amongst other like uh drawings that people have done and and whatnot but so we'll get into that real quick so there's been a lot of supposed washed up bodies of caddy but most of them if not all of them have been debunked um but that picture is from 1937 and that was an apparent uh, 10-foot juvenile caddy, and it was pulled out of the belly of a sperm whale in the Naden Harbor Whaling Station. And it was left on that dock for several days, and people took pictures of it. And then it allegedly was sent off to a museum in Chicago, but it never arrived. And scientists have... I don't know. People that study animals have looked into that picture, and most of them believe that it was not a Cadborosaurus, but it was instead some type of um, badly decomposed. Um, they've said basking sharks, they've said baby baleen whales, you know, all different types of stuff. And then in 1968, William Hageland claimed to have caught one that was 16 inches long in De Corsi Island, but he threw it back. And then there's plenty of other examples where ones have been captured, but they're quickly debunked as pipefish and basking sharks and baby baleen whales and seals and all kinds of stuff. Um, I really couldn't find any hardcore uh, evidence of one actually being captured, which for me, especially when it comes to a idea of is this creature a real creature or a made up creature or, you know, whatever, a lot rides on the ability to bring up a body. Now, I will say that I used to watch the Discovery Channel a lot and I saw a documentary one time that they did where they was talking about whale carcasses. You know, why is it so why do we have so many whales in the world and so few dead ones wash up on the beaches? you know what's happening to these dead whales and in that documentary they showed uh pretty much they had a camera on a whale carcass that was at the bottom of whatever part of the ocean that that was and the microbes under the ocean stripped it clean in like 48 hours it was incredible
2: i'm surprised it took 48
0: hours right Damn. so i mean i might be it might be have been 24 hours but it just absolutely stripped it bare to bones like perfectly white clean bones and that was absolutely incredible to see that. So as far as like, and I know we get into it with like, oh, why can't we find a bigfoot, you know, carcass, whatever, and oh, the predators and everything. There's a lot more predators in the ocean. Literally everything is trying to eat something else.
1: Can I just say, the the fact that it didn't actually make it to the museum just further that is weird supports the fact that I think this is a real creature because that the museum that we maybe will do an episode on that but like the mysteries of the museums right like that mhm you know yeah so i'm like okay it didn't show up yep it's real you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and I, I will agree with that
0: that is very strange and every resource that i looked at whether it was a book whether it was a a website online they had that example and that's because i mean that's the picture that's been taken there's a couple pictures. One of them is the lengthwise picture where you can see the whole thing, and then some people have like gone and like drawn a, uh, like a squiggly circle around it so you can kind of see it because it's a very bad black-and-white picture, or it's very granulated and stuff. Um, and another one is what appears to be its head, um, which is like on a set of stairs, but it's got a very prehistoric-looking head on it. So, I mean, you know, what's going on with this? What's going on with this picture or these pictures, and so that was the description. I never came across exactly, you know, who signed for the crate, you know, all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it is very strange that it would just go missing in transit. I mean, that doesn't sit well with me as far as the uh, believability of whether or not this is a real animal, um, or at least a very... I can't imagine that if there was a body that was uncovered from an animal that we knew almost nothing about but had hundreds of sightings, that it would go anywhere else except for a laboratory somewhere. You know, it's not like it's not like a dinosaur where we're like, oh yeah, we have a lot of dinosaur bones. And even those don't make it into museums. People think that they're what they're seeing is like actual dinosaur bones. No, those are castings. <laughs> those are yeah. castings of dinosaur bones. Those are all plaster and stuff. Don't
1: get me started on dinosaurs, bro. This will turn into a dinosaurs aren't real episode real quick. <laughs> but
0: it's just like so. All the, all those things, like all the actual bones and all the actual fossils, most of them end up in you know facilities where they document all that stuff. So I have. I'm. It's really hard for me to think that this thought to be mythological animal that has some sort of legend and lore around it from the Inuit and has been seen a bunch of times and then the only body that's recovered is just going to go magically into a museum and no one's going to you know, rip it apart and study it. So, yeah, I I agree that it is more leading me into the idea that this could be real because of the fact that it
2: never made it, right? I, I can't get over this picture the the one that you first were talking about right
3: mm-hmm.
2: the black and white one where it looks like it's sitting on like a a fish gutting table yeah and there is another angle on this picture like there's another picture yeah. from a different angle yeah you can yeah see where the head is sitting on some crates and whatnot that picture i have it zoomed in right now super interesting so i'm thinking you know am doing the same kind of breakdown that i would i did with the video you know any, anybody that's listening to this I, I know this is this is kind of hard when you're listening to a podcast without any visual aids and you're not able to see the video or the pictures that we're talking about I highly highly recommend to look up the video and the picture that jake brought up and we'll uh we'll go ahead and, and put some uh some links on the facebook page and stuff mm-hmm. for you guys to be able to see just prior to the episode releasing so go over to facebook.com forward slash Infinite Rabbit Hole and check out our one of our latest posts so you can take a look at these videos and for the video in this picture mm-hmm. that I'm looking at right now. So. I'm looking at something. Obviously, this is something that's been in the water for, you know, pro- probably a good uh, 30 minutes after it died. And this is what it looks like. That's a joke, by the way, um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that the head is the, the the portion that's over to the right, because that's what looks like a skull and over in the backside that looks like flippers all the way down there on the back. And you can see this is extremely long creature. You see where there's flesh and skin.
1: Are you looking at the one that's like a horizontal or the one that's like angled where you're closer to the head than the tail? That one. The second one. Because there's one that's like where he's straight horizontal, and that's a really good picture.
0: Yeah. I saw links where they were talking about it being... A baby whale, and I was like, oh, dude, I don't see that."
2: That's exactly where I was getting to, right? I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Hmm, eel." I looked up the skull of an eel.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not that is not the skull of an eel. Uh, let's see, what is the name of this, this fish? I'm thinking of a pipefish. Uh, no, oarfish. You ever heard of an oarfish? Yeah. Yes. Looking at an oarfish skull, not an oarfish. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not an oarfish. This looks like the skull looks like a camel. Like it's got the thick nose. You can see the lower jaw kind of hanging open there. I like this. I like it a lot. I think this is real. <laughs> I'm super intrigued by Caddy. I, yeah, I, I yeah. really am. And we really, really do our best here on Infinite Rabbit Hole to not create an echo chamber. You know, we we like right. having difference in opinions, uh. but every once in a while you get a, a topic where the evidence is so good and, you know, you have a plethora of different sightings from a plethora of different kinds of people. You have Native American lore. You have... I told you I was bringing uh, a fire
0: episode, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's... Like you just every once in a while you get something where everything falls in place and you're just like, yep, I can as, see this being a thing. Like as opposed to the Fresno
0: Nightcrawler, which was absolute bullcrap. This is not absolute bullcrap. It could be bullcrap, but it's not absolute bullcrap. You know? No, I, really I think this is think a lot
2: more. I think this is a top tier cryptid, caddy. Very very good chance. You take into consideration like all the things I just said, and then you throw in that this thing lives in the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, good possibility this thing does exist. Just saying. So,
0: while you guys are pondering that, I'd like to get into my last point. So, barring it being a a completely and entirely different animal, right? Mm-hmm. What could it be that was in the extinct category? I did a deep dive on what types of creatures do we know that did exist, but since... All of these sightings seem to come from the exact same coastline i mean it's a it's a very long area or large area rather because of you know square mileage and just how far it is from Alaska to California um but what animals did we know that existed in that area specifically, like the northwest coastline of well North America, right so it turns out that in 1999, a paleontologist by the name of Elizabeth Nichols made a discovery of a new type of plesiosaur. And where, you might ask? How fitting that it would be exactly (laughs) where that was at (laughs) um, in northern British Columbia. They named it Nicholsia borealis. After the discoverer, and it was one of the most complete North American plesiosaur skeletons ever found with only a forelimb and a shoulder blade that was missing. However, the skeleton was only 8.5 feet long. But plesiosaurs are often found at or above 40 feet long, and would certainly almost match the description of caddy. Scientists will tell you that plesiosaurs died out 40 million years ago, but they said that the colacanth died out 66 million years ago. This six and a half foot long, 200 pound armored fish was long dead and gone until it was discovered in a fish market in South America in 1938. And that's why we have cryptozoology. The search and study for animals whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantial. So could it still exist? And what do you think? And basically what I'm saying is if this wasn't, in itself, just its own class of animal, whether, you know, and it's important for people to realize that plesiosaurs were not dinosaurs. They were water-dwelling reptiles in the same way uh, we have, I mean, we don't really have examples today as far as that's coming to the top of my head. I was going to say like a saltwater crocodile, but those are land reptiles that sometimes go in the water, right? Mm-hmm. But it was, it was just a, a large water-dwelling reptile. It was not a, a dinosaur. But what if what people were seeing was not its whole body, but instead just its head and its neck, and it was exceptionally long, and while scientists think because we haven't seen one in a long time that's actually been recognized by science, that it's extinct, and it ends up being the same category as the Colocanth, who was very much extinct until – it was literally found in a fish market and then they're like holy moly here it is and they found that there's uh it's a lot different than what they thought it was they thought that it was all one color turns out that they're not they've been studied now there's photographs of them like in the wild and all kinds of stuff but it was believed to be extinct 66 million years ago so what's to say that this animal in the vastness of the ocean that was still undiscovered and you know I a hundred percent believe that all of this money we're dumping into space is just waste that we should really be looking into what's on our own home planet because I want to know what's on in every nook and cranny before I care about what's out in space. Oh, a bunch of dust. Great. Um, or as Jeff would tell you nothing. And, (laughs) you know, well, was it like the Truman show? The moon is just a big spotlight or the the sun's a big spotlight. Um, but it's just like, (laughs) you're going to get him going.
1: Yeah. Don't get me going, bro. We're going to get off topic here. Okay.
0: Right. So I thought that that was interesting that this type of plesiosaur was found or its skeletal remains was found in northern British Columbia. So that would mean that this was its home at some point. Um, Now, I don't believe in a million, billion, trillion year old Earth, but regardless, at some point that was where its home was. So what's to say that? most of them died out, but not all of them did. You know, whether there's a breeding population of them or, shoot, as far as we know, a huge number of them that we just, maybe they're super deep-sea stuff and every once in a while they they surface, you know? Blue whales, they, they can dive to tremendous depths. I mean, they don't hang out down there, you know, all the time, but what's to say that it's not something that just spends a tremendous amount of time way down deep and then they come up for breeding or they come up for feeding or whatever it may be and so it was just something that was kind of i wanted to cover all the bases with this Mm -hmm. you know because there was so much information there was no reason to leave a bunch of stuff out it was just like all right let's bring it all over you know and see what the guys think
2: could it be a plesiosaur it could be a type of plesiosaur i'm not a hundred percent familiar with plesiosaur family So maybe, could be, but what I remember from a plesiosaur is that they have a fat belly, Mm -hmm. big old fat belly. I know they have a long neck, which, you know, I mean, if you look at the descriptions of the length of some of these caddies that have been seen, the neck would be just way, way, way too long to be on a body because then you're you're risking it getting snapped uh, just by weight itself. Right. But could there be something in the plesiosaur family that is unknown that has a skinnier, more slimlo- sl- streamlined Streamline, yeah. body? Maybe. Maybe a good possibility of it. I looked at plesiosaur skulls,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and we're closer. That's definitely a lot closer than an oarfish or an eel right. or a whale. Um, It is closer. It's It do- it's, doesn't hit it right on the head. But again, you know, I'm not I don't think that it's a plesiosaur as what plesiosaurs we know and we see in books and movies and just by Googling plesiosaur is what I did. I don't think that that's what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. but maybe something inside of the family. That's all I got.
0: I mean, me personally, I didn't want to leave any rock unturned, but me personally, I believe that this is an entirely different animal in itself that it has no relation to the plesiosaur whatsoever, whether it's a dinosaur or water dwelling dwelling reptile or it's a type of fish or something. I don't think that it was a plesiosaur, but I wanted to throw that in there because, you know, well why not? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that if anything, the plesiosaur would probably be Nessie.
2: Yeah. That's kind of like the go to when you when people talk about Nessie. Yeah. One thing that I do want to bring up, and I'm just kind of regurgitating this from the Ogopogo episode. I don't know how much reptiles could have changed, and I'm sure that they had found uh, the body of a plesiosaur off of the British Columbia coast. Um, but you know, if you, you go back and you, you think of the world back in Pangaea times and when the continents shifted and stuff. Such uh that could have been a, a completely different area in the world and could not have been that cold. Or it could have been colder, who knows? Right. But reptiles nowadays, the, the reptiles that we know now can't withstand cold.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh they're they're tropical creatures, they need warmth. I mean, I have a bearded dragon in my house, and if the temperature in his cage drops below seventy five degrees, his beard turns black and he gets all pissed off.
0: Right. That's um, why we have no
2: snakes in Alaska. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Not 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 Alaska
0: but like uh Antarctica and stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh Plasiosaur, I don't know. But uh like we brought up during the Ogopogo episode, what about a Basilosaurus? Mm-hmm. Or something within the family of a Basilosaurus? Now, if you guys do a quick Google search on Basilosaurus, these were whales. They were yeah. reptiles. Um they were long, slender. They had a little bit of a gut on them. Um but they weren't. They weren't reptiles. So being in the cold is much more believable. Uh, could it have been in the Basileasaur family? And also, I looked at the Bastiosaur skull. Yeah, uh, looks honestly even closer than the Plesiosaur skull.
0: I had discounted Basilosaur because of the short neck.
2: Right. But what if the Bastiosaur, the entire body, and I'm not saying Bastiosaur as we know, I'm talking about something, you know, in the Bastiosaur family that we aren't aware of that is just long and slender. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the general sense, a Bastiosaur is long and slender, right? Right. Um, But it's got this beefy chest and it's got a little bit of a gut, but where a Placiosaur literally looks like a a turtle with a with a snake you know, for a head <laughs> right uh, it looks like a long neck turtle like
0: we have those yeah
2: <laughs> yeah uh this just looks like a really really skinny whale and something within this family maybe i think that's more likely than a
1: place look up yeah, tanny conspicuous sounds like some fucking oh. harry potter spell you're gonna T- have to T- spell T-A- that out yeah t-a-n-y S T R O P H U
2: S. These are... Whoa. Yeah, these things were closely related to... Uh, to Bronos, I believe.
0: You better knock those dang legs off that thing. A six-meter-long reptile? Hmm.
1: There's also the Elasmosaurus, E-L-A-S-M-O-Saurus. Because if the length feet, of yes. Caddy is supposed to be like over 100 or up, you know, up, up there, 100 feet could be or whatever, Uh the Elasmosaurus, E-L-A-S-M-O-S-A-U-R-U-S-A-O-A-U. Damn it. I'm dyslexic. You got it, though. There's a few. There's a lot of like, quote unquote, dinosaurs or like, you know uh, sea creatures of that era that could fit the description of this thing. You know what I'm saying? so, Mm -hmm. and, and again, I'm told, I mean, dude, like, you know, being down here in Florida, right? We got alligators everywhere. Alligators have basically not changed since the days of dinosaurs. Right. If you believe in all that. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem (laughs) at all thinking that, you know, there's other creatures in the ocean or wherever that just survived all of that stuff, you know what I mean, so I uh, you know totally could be some form of dinosaur, and maybe evolved over time to not have the bigger belly or whatever you know what I mean, it could just right. be a newer version of of one of these
0: you know and i was I was thinking about looking up what a you know how much food would it have to consume and and what would a breeding population do to the uh, the ecosystem of that area? And I stopped myself and I realized, well, if they've been alive this entire time, then they are the ecosystem. You know, they're a yeah. part of it. So nothing, <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. adapted to take an animal that would be a, more than likely a predator and then uh, put it into all of the workings of that. So it would all work out. You know, if it was a real thing that, that lived there and stuff. But yeah that's interesting i didn't I had not looked up the elasmosaurus yeah elas um that's very interesting. I appreciate you you bringing that to my attention because that is also another flippered long necked uh you know aquatic reptile, but yeah of North America, so yeah, it's super interesting it's cool i'm I'm my final thoughts on this is i'm gonna say that it is in itself an entirely different thing that I don't believe for one second that we have uncovered all of the fossil remains of everything that has ever lived on this earth. And especially in the ocean for water dwelling reptiles. And I'm going to stand by what I said of maybe it could have been, you know, really, really deep down in there, and then come up occasionally, or whatever it is, you know, if it was a fish and it didn't need to come up for air, you know all that sort of stuff like who who knows um but I have no problem believing that um it it has a possibility of existing, and that I don't think that it is anything that we currently know about or an offshoot of something we currently know about
2: I've already. Said a lot. I'm just going to reiterate that I think that this is a real animal. I think that caddy is something that's going to eventually be uh added to the zoological books, and people will begin to learn about it in zoology and biology classes. Mm-hmm. I do, and I, I think it just has its niche. It's 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 an ocean creature. I, I I don't know how else to say this. I mean, it could be anywhere, mm-hmm. literally anywhere. Cave systems bottom of the ocean it, it it could you know just like fluke and flounder it could you know bury itself under a, um, a couple inches of sand and we would never know it's there
3: until someone yeah. hooked
2: it, until someone <laughs> hooked it.
1: <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> i have no problem believing it man like i said at the beginning of the episode you know just going back in history all of the stories and and mythology about Sea serpents, right, and like these giant, you know, ships that we were building, these wooden, you know, sailing vessels that were just getting right snatched up by giant sea serpents. And then you have all the stories of, you know, like uh, like water dragons and things like that. And then the fact that again, you know, totally could see something surviving millions of years, right, Uh, and evolving Mm -hmm. to be what it is now. So I have no problem believing that it's there and, and the fact that it didn't make it to the museum, which we all know the Smithsonian does things like that all the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent.
2: Jeff, the tinfoil hat guy.
0: Very nice. <laughs> well, I want to thank all the listeners for sticking with us. Um, if you guys actually liked this topic, if you could do me a favor and say so in our Facebook, I would appreciate that. Because, as I said in the beginning, there are 30 or so, I I counted like 39 different well known sea monsters and sea serpents and lake monsters and stuff around the world. And so, if this is something that is actually liked, then we could make this a regular topic that we could go to and, you know, just really hardcore dive down into all these different things. And some of them are rather believable, like Caddy, and some of them are, you know, really dumb and uh, but, we would, <laughs> but we would like to to dig into all those ones and the ones that are obvious you know fake ones we're not gonna waste your guys' time I mean, we could compile a few of them but I, I had a lot of fun with this topic i had a lot of fun because there was a lot of information there there was a lot of cool interesting sightings i encourage people to go online and look up Cadborosaurus sightings. And uh, you know, kind of read through them and stuff, and they're they're very cool. A lot of really interesting people that have you know really good professional careers, and it was just, it was a heck of a lot of fun. It was cool researching this. It was cool typing this up for you guys, and and being able to present it. So yeah, if you like it, let us know. Um, if you dislike it, let us know, and uh, and we'll we'll take your feedback. I I appreciate y'all letting me do this episode.
2: We need more of you to let us know
0: yeah, for sure. If there's something that you like or don't like, we need to know that because we are we are creating our podcast based off of the uh the popularity of certain episodes so if but if you guys want to hear more of something or less of something else, more cryptids, less sci-fi, more you know or less cryptids, more sci-fi, something like that, more ghosts, you know, whatever it is, you guys got to let us know. And we'll yeah. uh, we'll start tailoring episodes to specific, you know, requests and stuff. And I mean, there's no, it's no issue for us. We We love doing that. We love doing this. It's, this is, you know, we're doing this for fun. We don't get paid for it unless people start just blowing up our store. We're doing this because we like it because we're having fun doing it. And we want you guys to like it too. We want you guys to like the content. So hit us up, tell us what's, what's good or what's bad and, and we'll we'll go from there.
2: If you don't, we're just going to turn into a National Park Mysteries podcast because <laughs> the numbers tell us that's what you guys like. Death. Kids going missing and death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bunch of sickos. It's awesome.
1: Go to the store. Buy some merch.
0: Yeah. Get you a hoodie. I got myself the limited edition uh, October-November version of the shirt with the cool, you know, halloweeny type logo i like it
2: yeah as well as i did too because even though we created the store and the designs and everything we are not allowing ourselves to get anything that's limited edition when it's not available to you guys so i went and bought that shirt too i had to had to get it
1: i did not buy that shirt i I had to limit myself because i'm poor so i just got the neck gator for now (laughs) and and my next one will be the hoodie, because I'm a hoodie buff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I also would like to get a neck gauger. I bought a sticker for the truck.
0: We should make a, a, a new new logo for Halloween, and we should put a like a jack-o'-lantern head on the rabbit. A jack-o'-lantern head on the Shh. jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> that's,
2: that's 2022, man.
0: <laughs> Being crazy right now.
2: Get ready, because the Christmas one's going to be really cool. I got a I got a sneak peek at it the other day. Yeah, I've been working on it pretty hard. It's, it's pretty neat.
0: That has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. You guys are getting no sneak peek of what's coming next. And...
2: <laughs> Lives happen. Like, life happened, right? Yeah. And uh, you guys are going to be getting Valiant Thor at the end of this one. Right, Jeff?
1: Yeah, man. Valiant Thor, the stranger at the Pentagon.
0: All right. So join us back next week. We will have Jeff with Valiant Thor, and we'll do a deep dive into that. I'm looking forward to it. I know that Jeff loves these topics, so he's probably super stoked. And then Jeremy, I don't know, he doesn't like anything. But (laughs) join us back next week for another trip down the rabbit hole. Y'all have yourselves a great day.
2: And play,